0: Hello, it's Christy Gray, your newest hype girl and astrologer. Welcome to the Cosmic Hotline. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Cosmic Hotline. This week we have a live session with our guest, Steph. Steph has a really great question around timing. And how can you be sure of the time that you are born, especially if you have significant changes in that time window? Did you know that a natal chart changes approximately every four minutes? Today, we're going to be unpacking all of this. Came into this world as an Aquarius Ascendant, but your question surrounded the fact that your time of birth that you've given me is 7.30pm, but the Ascendant changed five minutes later. You really be sure whether you have the right time. So you mentioned to me prior is that you're pretty sure you're an Aquarius Ascendant, but there is some Pisces energy in there. So tell me a little bit about that.
1: I think Pisces, you think of them as the dreamer, the romantic. I'm still in love with Disney and I'm 40 years old. And also, you know how they say when you come into the world, you more of your ascendant? This is what I've heard anyway. You come into the world as more of your ascendant and then as you get older, you embody more of your sun sign. So for me as a child, I was extremely shy. I was extremely dreamy. Like my report card always used to say, Stephanie's always looking out the window, daydreaming instead of paying attention in class. Like, and I was just the softest, sweetest little kid. Like I always wanted to be there to help other people. And like I said, I was in love with Disney and fantasy and all reading, writing, music, dancing. I think that's why I thought there's a great possibility I could be a Pisces ascendant.
0: Yeah, because all the key words you were sharing right now are the words that I associate with Pisces because Pisces is ruled by Neptune and it, it, it represents the the ultimate fairy tale in life. It's inspiration and dreaming. It's about getting lost in the abyss, whether it's emotions or thoughts and imagination, and it represents escapism as well. I think these are the really beautiful qualities of Pisces um, I love Aquarius too. Aquarius represents your blue sky thinking. It's about dancing to the beat of your own drum. I sometimes find that Aquarius ascendant people, it depends on the rest of their natal chart. They can be a little bit aloof. It's because they're trying to suss you out. And because the ascendant is on the natal chart, it does rule the first house. So it's on the first house cusp. And the first house represents identity itself, it's self esteem, who you are as a person. So this is why it's really important to get your ascendant. How do other people? when they first meet you how do they describe you?
1: I guess it's funny that you say that now because I think some people have found me a little bit like intimidating when they first meet me which is funny to me because I think I'm just the most personable warm person and look for some people they have to break through that barrier before they really understand that I am actually really warm and friendly and inviting and all of those sorts of things So yeah, I have had the intimidating thing quite a bit, probably more so through my 20s and early 30s rather than now but as a child people would have said I'm just really shy to be honest I don't know
0: that's sometimes a good indicator with your ascendant is how people would describe you and I love that you mentioned it is I truly believe that you are more of your ascendant when you're younger and we grow into our sun sign I think some people don't even grow into their sun sign in this lifetime depending on if they're working in the high vibrational state of their natal chart now in that five minute time frame there are a few things that you can do Okay, before we jump ahead and look at other key placements in the natal chart, let's recap on what your ascendant is. So your ascendant is at the left-hand side of your natal chart. It's how others see you. It's related to purpose, joy, and self-expression. And think of it like the customer service of who you are. When we think about our primary archetypes, which is your sun, moon, and ascendant, also known as your big three, I like to break it down like this. The sun is your CEO of you. Your moon is your HR department, and then your ascendant is the customer service of you. And at the exact time that you were born, if your mum looked out to the most eastern part of the horizon, there would have been a constellation in the sky. It's how others see you. It's how you come into this world. And a constellation on the horizon lasts approximately two and a half hours. So that's why in a 24-hour period, Every zodiac sign gets their time to shine in the sky. Now, in this instance, Steph does know her time of birth. She was born at 7.30 p.m. However, because there were significant changes between 7.35 p.m. and 7.36 p.m., what we're going to do is work back from her ascendant through explorative and collaborative conversation and look at her natal chart from a minute-by-minute perspective. Now, if you don't know your time of birth, I always recommend contacting the hospital that you were born at. They are so epic at dishing out your time of birth. If you don't know or you're not able to obtain that information because maybe there isn't hospital records anymore, if you have a two hour time window, I can work with you on narrowing it down further however if you do not have that time window i don't spend time doing birth time rectifications but there's definitely lots of people out there that can do that one last thing steph is a practicing astrologer she signed up to a 12-month program which she's working her way through And I'm always very mindful when somebody is learning astrology or they're exploring their own natal chart that I never want to take away from their experience because astrology isn't a belief system. It's a language. It's a language to understand ourselves and the world around us. And especially when we're learning from somebody, we're soaking up all their knowledge, but we're also really inspired to learn from other people too. That's why I love when clients come to see me, they're getting astro tea from other the places too so i was very mindful throughout our conversation that i wanted to honor her studies and what she was learning while also floating some ideas and dropping some celestial breadcrumbs based on my interpretation too are you aware of this i see you nodding yeah yes it's 7 34 p.m you're still an aquarius ascendant But then at 7.35, which is one minute before it changes to an Pisces Ascendant, your nodes change. And Mm. nodes are destiny points in astrology. So your south node is past life influence and your north node is your destiny. It's your north star and it's what you're working towards. So question for you is your north node, if you were – around that 7.34 p.m. time frame would mean that it would be in the 6th house. So your south node would be in the 12th house, whereas at... 7.35 p.m., it switches, so your south node moves into the 11th house and your north node moves into the 5th house. Now, that's a very significant shift that we can see to help narrow it down. Now, tell me, do you currently resonate with like your north node, south node placement? I'd love to hear your thoughts. It was
1: interesting when I learned about the house placement of my north node because when I first learned about nodes, of course, I learned that I had a Leo north node. And that made a lot of sense to me because... I always wanted to be on stage. When I was little growing up, I wanted to be a singer or a dancer or some sort of creative that got to perform. For other people, I always loved that, and that really resonates with the Leo north node. So that kind of made sense. And then when I found out it was in the seventh and my south node in Aquarius, that sort of made sense because Aquarius is obviously the scientist, and, and they say that your south node's where you've been before, and I feel very familiar and comfortable and confident as a psychologist, for example, which would be explained by that South Node in Aquarius, that I've been there before, I've done all the study, I've helped humanity, all that kind of stuff. And it's also why it's been difficult for me to leave that profession in this life, even though I really wanted to. And I've wanted to do more creative, fun, lighthearted sort of stuff that's not quite as draining and all of that. But then seeing it in my seventh house of relationships is interesting too, because I'm the kind of person who never really wanted to get married. I was very independent. Not sure if I wanted to have children, which again is explained by that Aquarius in the South Node. But I met my husband at, um, at 28 and he's the most amazing man. We've been together 14 years now. He's just always really wonderful to me. He's never sworn at me, never treated me terribly like. He's just the most wonderful man. And financially, he has supported me. I don't even need to work, but I want to because I've got so much to offer and so many different talents. But it explains having that North Node there in my relationship zone is well explained by the fact that my life has become about our relationship and nurturing that and helping look after things while my husband's busy working and, you know, providing for us and all that kind of thing. So that's how I see that. And it's not been easy for me because being in a relationship is not what I was drawn to. So it's new in this life and I've got to really embrace that.
0: Okay, here's where things get spicy. As Steph was starting to explain her natal chart to me, I was seeing something different. And the reason is because Steph uses a different house system than I do. So let me break it down for you. Normally, I find that the houses in astrology are a sticking point and where people get stuck. And I believe it's because planets, we can see them. They're out there in the solar system and we gain an understanding from science class. Then we have the zodiac signs and their constellations in the sky. And we tend to have an emotional connection with them because they feel real, because we resonate normally with our sun sign or our star sign. But then the houses aren't a celestial body. They're quadrants and they break up a chart. So depending on the house system that you use will depend on how the houses are displayed. Now I use a software which is called AstroGold, and there are 30 house system options so wild babes i use placidus for working with clients and hull for writing horoscopes but more on that in a moment the best analogy i can give you about planets zodiac signs and houses is the analogy my first astrology mentor taught me think of the planets like a type of movie is it a romantic comedy or a drama just like the sun when you spend time in it it makes you feel really good The type of movie would be a feel-good movie you wouldn't mind watching again. Whereas, if we look towards the planet Saturn, which rules karma, structure, discipline, because it's like the policeman of the Zodiac, the movie isn't going to be something that's probably fun and you're going to pick up anytime soon. Then, think of the Zodiac signs like the characters in your movie. Is it Cardi B or is it Beyonce? Just like a movie star playing a role that isn't traditionally something that they would do and you kind of can't wrap your head around it. Planets and zodiac signs are no different. Some just vibe better with particular signs than others. And this is what helps to bring your movie to life. And then there's the houses and the houses are like the scenes in your movie. Is it the beginning, house number one, the middle around house number seven or the end. And they really start to show you where your expression comes to life. What have you experienced? What have you mastered? And what are you yet to master? Now, the Astro Twins have a great analogy for houses because I find that people can get really caught up on not having a planet in a particular house. And that's not actually a bad thing because think of it as an empty room that you have the opportunity to decorate. You'll still have a house ruler and that energy is still present in that particular house. So the whole sign house system, which is what Steph uses, uses the rising sign as the first house, which is your ascendant. And it's set at zero degrees. So it doesn't take into consideration the degree at the time that you were born. And then all of the houses after that are also set at zero degrees. So every single zodiac sign, just to put out there, is in its regular order. So if you were a Virgo ascendant, Libra would then rule the second house, Scorpio the third, and so on. I use this house system for writing horoscopes, but I don't use it with clients. In Placidus, which is the house system that I use, you can have houses that are larger than 30 degrees in size which means that sometimes a zodiac sign can get skipped as the house ruler, or you may notice a zodiac sign could rule more than one house in your natal chart. The other one I'll touch on quickly is the equal house system. And whatever the degree is of the ascendant at the exact time that you were born will be the same degree of all the other house cusps as you go around the zodiac wheel or natal chart. But I personally don't think one is better than the other and in the beginning it's important to work with one consistently and explore your own and others natal charts to understand the additional layer of depth of interpretation a house system can give to you. I started with Placidus, I've explored both equal and whole. And they all have a place depending on what type of astrologer you want to become and how you plan to interpret the information. When you first looked at that, did it feel like it resonates with you? Because I think that's the most important thing I say to anybody with astrology is that no matter what house system you use or how you work with astrology, it needs to feel intuitively aligned to you. Yeah, I think it does. Awesome. Mm. It's really interesting. This is why I love looking at astrology through different lenses, is because the creativity and the self-expression, all your beautiful Cancer energy is in that Leo house. Leo Mm. house of self-expression, creativity. So it still has those elements of working into your North Node, Mm. whereas when you look at it with the whole sign, you'll see that all of your Cancer energy sits in that sixth house, and the sixth house Mm -hmm. is day jobs, daily routine, and health and so you can see there's like elements to both of them based on the life that you have been living up until this point and also the life that you're about to embark on
1: I would love to hear your interpretation though with the placidus system like what you were going to say with the two different houses just to see how that relates if you don't mind interesting. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) This is like, oh yeah, this is the best. So when you have a south node in Aquarius, it's very much about dancing to the beat of your own drum. And there is a bit of solitude that comes with a south node Aquarius, because it's knowing that you don't have to go it alone and you can seek out support and that's your North Node in Leo. You can lean on other people around you and it really does speak into developing responsibility and knowing that you can create your own destiny because when that South Node sits in the 12th, it does mean that escapism fantasy imagination is probably your preferred realm to play in and it Mm -hmm. makes sense because the 12th house rules as ruled by neptune which is all about dreams and imagination and escapism look babes i'm not even going to pretend that i didn't go on a real tangent here and i was rambling a little bit so i'm just going to break it down really quickly for the south node north node axis between aquarius leo the 12th house and the sixth house Essentially, this is all about developing and bolstering your confidence and strength from the inside out. At times that you can feel like you don't have the ability to lean on the people around you. But there's also this beautiful tie to the sixth house. As I mentioned before, twelfth house is all about escapism and fantasy and imagination. Sixth house is Virgo, baby. That is all about productivity and optimum and looking after your health and getting shit done. With all of this energy combined, the biggest thing that I see with this particular energy and in Steph's chart too, she has the ability to build the life of her dreams by channeling all of her creativity and self-expression into the person she wants to become and this happens a lot I see with people myself included because we're so used to our south node energy because we've mastered it is this is our comfort zone but now this is about her moving into her fullest expression the high vibrational state of her chart and this is all about knowing that Anything she sets her mind to, she can go out and achieve. But the biggest thing will be is knowing that you can still use all of the information and energy you've mastered in your South Node, right? Because we don't want to just leave your South Node behind. We've got to channel that energy somewhere and use all of her imagination and dreams and creativity and build something, create something, be of service in some way. And it's up to her to do that because this is the the duality with the Aquarius-Leo axis, as Leo was like, I'm on stage, look at me, I want you to see me, and Aquarius is about don't look at me, I don't want to be on stage, but I don't want you to forget about me. So when it comes to your identity and you define yourself, whether that be your previous self as a child or whether it be the person you are today, this is where you can really choose if you feel more aligned to Aquarius or Pisces.
1: I agree. It's just, it's strange. But then when I read about Aquarius, it, it rings very true mm-hmm. as well. So it really could go either way with me. Yeah. It really could. Yeah. What's your
0: relationship like with your intuition? Very good. Yeah. Yeah have you always trusted it
1: more so as I get older like I did make a, a few mistakes when I was young like probably more so teenage and into the 20s but for the last probably 10 10 years it's been quite highly tuned and I listen to it yeah to the nice. point where I'm the kind of person that could get a job and two weeks later I'll quit if it's not right and I don't care what anyone thinks yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, I very much am in tune with it and I will listen.
0: Beautiful. I love that. Well, you've got a lot of water in your chart because you are, you're a Cancer Sun and a Mercury and Cancer, which is how you communicate and synthesize information. And then also Mars, which is how you assert yourself. It's your lust for life. Those three planets are in Cancer and Cancer is a water sign. So it's a feeling sign. But then if you were to have a Pisces ascendant, which is part of your primary architecture, types, which is your big three, that's just an extra layer of that intuition and tuning into those psychic gifts, which I would say that looking at your chart is something that you definitely have quite strongly, especially based on where you're starting to dabble in right now.
1: Most definitely.
0: What questions do you have for me so far?
1: You've answered them all. (laughs) you've been answering them all so far there was one thing I was thinking like I I don't know if you can tell me this but I know it's a sixth house thing like when it comes to health which one either Aquarius or Pisces would be more inclined to have a lot of chronic health issues
0: If you've made it this far, you've probably realized an astrology conversation can go in so many different directions. We started with the ascendant, then we started talking about the nodes, now we're diving into health. During this conversation with Steph, I went straight to the house that rules health, which is the sixth house, which is everything this conversation has been centered around, especially with talking about the nodal axis. But there is another lens that you can view health through, which I didn't cover off with her at the time, and that's your ascendant. I recommend Rebecca Gordon Astrology. She has written a book on medical astrology. I attended a masterclass with her in 2021 and she has some really great tips and insight into what you need based on your ascendant and sun sign from a physical perspective, what you need to avoid and some of the lessons that come with that. So this could have been another lens that Steph and I could have explored. When you've got like Leo specifically ruling that health house, it's this passionate fire energy and it's really important to have energy management and especially with Leo being the ruler of our heart and mm. actually like looking after uh, like how we give and receive love there's some mm-hmm. layers there worth exploring. Um, does that, how,
1: does that resonate with you? I actually have heart issues that have come up the last few years so that makes okay. a lot of sense to me and, and I have given probably too much And that's one of the reasons I left psychology as well because I was just getting so emotionally drained and I feel like probably all of my chronic issues are emotionally related. So I really needed to stop giving so much and focus more on myself. Mm -hmm. Interesting that that no matter what ascendant, it wouldn't have really changed that anyway. So I guess that's just yeah part of my destiny.
0: Totally and there's a few key layers to that because you have so much cancerian energy in your chart and cancer's the ultimate nurturer of the zodiac and you will naturally want to take care of everybody else before yourself and it doesn't mean that you don't want to take care of you you just it's almost like an inclination it's just oh I have to care for my pets, my animals, Mm -hmm. my people, my clients, Mm -hmm. everybody. And then if we look at Pisces as your ascendant, it's all about boundaries. It's about the boundaries you have with yourself and others. And so these multiple Mm. layers we can look at of going, okay, so if I'm always giving to everybody else and my energy is just tanking out the bottom, it's just Mm. being depleted. It's like, how can I assess what my bottom line is going to be so I can put on my oxygen mask before assisting others? And
1: that's what I'm learning more so the last year or so. That's where I'm going now. It's I've got to put myself first more. I've given so much to others and I've probably, you know, saved countless lives, 20 years of working with thousands of people, very sick people because I specialize in mental health. And I feel like, yeah, it's okay now to give myself permission to not have to do that work anymore and to move into something that's a little bit more lighthearted and fun and freeing and creative and all of those things that I've liked since I was a child. And that all lifted off my heart. Yeah. <laughs> the pain. oh my
0: goodness. And that's the beautiful thing is that you can still help people in other ways mm. while mm-hmm. still protecting your energy and protecting your mental health or emotional like mm-hmm. mind, body, spirit health too. 100%. But it's that's- taken
1: me a long time to move away from that south note, because I feel that's really kept me quite Because I've left a few, like I've moved away from it and then I've gone back and then I've moved away from it and I've gone back. So it's really about just taking what I need to take from there, but really traveling much more towards that north node now for the rest of my life, I would say.
0: Do you know what you bring up the best point is that if moving towards our North Node was easy, everybody would do it. I was sharing this with a client the other day is that our North Node or our North Star or our purpose, it's not this um, finite thing.
1: That's right. And I agree with what you said about purpose. I actually read a post, it was years ago, but I reshared it last week, I think, about how purpose is always evolving. Purpose, there's not just one main purpose that you're working towards and that's it. Your purpose is always evolving and changing as just as you are. Yeah. I think that's a really important because people get so stuck on that. They're like, oh, I've, you know, I've got to find what my purpose is. And you know, they just feel so lost and so trapped and so stuck when in the reality, just follow your desires, just one step at a time. Every day, get up and do what it is that you enjoy doing. And you, that's living your purpose. That's it. Yeah. And it's always changing and you just go with it.
0: So beautifully mm. said.
1: I think the other part of that puzzle is fear fear holds Mm -hmm. people back so much Mm. fear it's not that fear isn't real but it isn't an illusion because it's a perception thing so many people feel stuck in the way that things are that they can't change it but that's the illusion because you actually can there are always ways that you can work more towards your desires even if you have to do some things you still don't want to do while you're working towards what you do if you really want to do something and make some sort of change in your life you can it doesn't matter what it is you you always can it's just that mindset you just got to flip the switch and just believe.
0: I Love this dropping mic drop moments <laughs> on the podcast. So good. <laughs> I'm so here for those. How do you feel about the information that we've like unpacked on your ascendant?
1: Yeah, I, it's really cool. I love hearing the different perspectives. Where you know, it, whether on the Aquarius or the Pisces, I find that really interesting. I still, when we were talking about intuition before, intuitively. My mind tells me I'm an Aquarius Ascendant, even though logically I want to be a Pisces Ascendant. <laughs> so even after what you've told me, and even after we've talked about what a Pisces Ascendant means, and even though I can really reflect on that and go, yes, that's what I was like as a child. I still love all that stuff. Now, my, my intuition is still saying, no, nah, you're an Aquarius Ascendant. Deal with it. <laughs>
0: Hope you enjoyed this week's episode and all of the directions that we went in, which this isn't actually unusual for most of the sessions I have with clients there's always something new to explore looking through the lens of astrology next week we have the Aquarius full moon and I have a guest expert coming in to give you the 411 on everything that you need to know so next week Sophia is an astrologer and she's going to be taking over the podcast and I cannot wait to share more with you so Until next week, babes, stay magical.